bowbulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with bowbulb.org. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Our call to worship this morning is, Let the heavens rejoice and the earth exult. Let men declare among the nations the Lord is King. Lift up your heads, your gates. Lift yourself up, your everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. God has gone up with shouts of acclamation. The Lord has gone up with a funfair of trumpets. The Lord is with you. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, today is the Sunday, the 16th of May. Uh, it is part of the uh, waiting for the outpouring, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on us as a congregation, on the community, at the church, and individual Christians right across the world. Let us just join together in prayer. God of incredible surprises as we gaze into the clouds reminds us that we are standing on holy ground, place our feet on the pathways of peace and hope. Draw our attention from the vision of the Lord rising to the heavens to be with you and help us to focus on the ministries that you would have us do. Keep us ready and willing always to serve you all our days. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. And so, friends, in Jesus Christ, uh, we are having four readings for today's family worship service. Our first reading comes to us from the psalm, Psalm 24, verses 7 to 10. Our second reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. And the first that I singled out to share some thoughts with you comes from the book of Acts. But there are two more readings that I charge you to read for this day. It's Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 23, and the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 24, verse 46 to verse 53. Now let us return to the verse that we would like to reflect on this morning as God speaks to us and as I deliver the message that God has placed upon my heart to deliver to you on this day. And so, friends, friends in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> our reading comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. I want to read verse 8 to you, as it is written in the Holy Scriptures. And this is what uh, Luke says. Luke writes, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. And that is uh, verse 8 of, the, of uh, book, the, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 11. We have a rather lengthy title for today's family worship service, and the title is, Jesus, the King of Glory, Returned Home, and... Jesus calls us to be a witness for him. 
Jesus, the King of Glory, returned home, and Jesus called us to be a witness for him. And now, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, the true Christian life is to identify with the living Christ. And in our identification with the living Christ, the true Christian life does not merely acknowledge the divinity of the living Christ, nor does it only acknowledge the teachings and the inspired principles of Jesus Christ. The true Christian life is about a decision. First of all, it is about an intellectual decision. And it is a decision to place Jesus at the very hub or the very center of our lives. And when we place Jesus at the very hub, when we place Jesus at the very center of our lives, it has some effect on our lives. It has some influence on our lives. And this effect and influence that this kind of decision has on our lives, it is not only for today. It's not only for this life. It's stretched beyond our death. And so, when we place Jesus Christ at the hub of our lives, it is Christ who calls us to live a quality life, but he also gives us, after our death, the gift of eternal life. And so not only is it important uh, what we think of Jesus Christ, but it is also important to ponder upon what Christ expects from you and what Christ demands from you and me particularly if we place him. If we, I have decided to place Jesus in the very hub of my life, then I need to know that Christ expects something from me and that Jesus demands something from me and he demands and expects something from all his followers. Because putting Christ at the hub of your lives and, just leave, and to just leave Christ there means absolutely nothing to you and it means absolutely nothing to me. But before we begin to explore that, um, in the week we have uh, celebrated, on Thursday we have celebrated the Ascension Day. And so on the 40th day after his resurrection, Jesus was standing on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is located just outside of Jerusalem. Jesus was standing there with his disciples. And if today, if you stand on the Mount of Olives, you can look into the city. And there are certain buildings that you may even identify as you look into the city of Jerusalem. And so Jesus was standing there with his disciples. Christ was in his new body. He was his imperishable body. He was in his spiritual body. The kind of body that we will take on once we leave this life and move into the prisons of Christ. In his resurrected body, Christ is ready to return home. On one occasion, Jesus, uh, he's the, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, when his disciples asked him, well, Lord, where are you going to? Jesus said to them, in the gospel according to John chapter 13, verse 36, Jesus said to them, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And as Jesus moved up into heaven, <clears throat> uh, there was great excitement into heaven because Jesus was ready to take his rightful place in the, in the invisible world of God's dwelling. All heavenly beings, archangels, angels, saints, martyrs, and just uh, your family members that has gone uh, in those days that uh, uh, gone before us, 
um, they were just waiting, waiting patiently for Jesus to return home after 33 years of dwelling and walking the earth. And I suppose that one can describe the excitement at the time, the joy that they experienced in the heart at the time. As a little child who is who received the gift at Christmas or at, on his birthday, and he's just so excited to unwrap that gift to see what his parents has given and granted him. And when he unwrapped that gift, he's so surprise and you embrace it and there's just uh, happiness on the face and there's just joy in that child's heart and I suppose this is how the heavenly beings must have felt at the time of the returning of Jesus into heaven where Jesus was ready to take up his rightful place. But as Jesus moved into into heaven suddenly um, words rang out right through the beautiful corridors of heaven a familiar voice, uh, um, a voice that Jesus recognized, a voice that everybody in, record, in heaven recognized, a voice that at one time said, You are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And on another occasion, the voice rang out and said, I have glorified my name and will glorify it again. And so this familiar voice, as it ran out into, as it rang out into heaven, brought heaven to a complete standstill at the time. And suddenly the voice said, Lift up your gates, O you gates of heaven, lift up yourselves, ancient and everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. And so the doors slowly opens up so that Jesus can enter into heaven and heaven burst into jubilant song and praise as Jesus take up his rightful place at the right hand of God. Heaven calls Jesus the King of Glory and the image fitted for Jesus Christ. It's an image that fits Jesus so perfectly because Jesus Christ is bigger and better king than any human being. The title King of Glory raises Jesus Christ above human beings and above all sorts of gods that we as human beings are serving here on earth. Jesus is our sovereign Lord. He is the God of the universe and he rules in splendor and he rules in majesty and might. But as Jesus was moving and leaving his disciples and moving in the direction of heaven, a cloud enveloped Jesus Christ as he leaves the earth and brought Jesus to the gates of heaven. But it was not merely a cloud of condensed vapor. The cloud that enveloped Jesus was a symbol of the glory which represents the glorious presence of God. We see the same kind uh, uh, of phenomenon when, with Moses. When Jesus went into the tent of meeting, when, 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 uh, me, when Moses went into the tent of meeting, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance of the tent whilst Moses was having a conversation with God. Enveloped in the glory of God, Jesus Christ returned home to take up his rightful place. And when Jesus took up his rightful place, Heaven started to sing and to chant, and spontaneously heaven began to say, Jesus thine the glory, Jesus thine be the praise, light of this place, guide of our ways, the King of glory has returned in all his splendor and majesty. 
as uh, heaven started to chant all of these words, and they're just happy, and there's just some festive mood in heaven, of course. And as Jesus take up his seat in heaven, the doors of heaven, the ancient gate, shut until it will one day open for you and me as we are being admitted to his court because we have placed Jesus at the very hub of our lives so that when that's when we come to those doors, that the gates of heaven, those old ancient doors, that uh, we, that horses uh, of faith and love of faith, life, uh, those doors will just open up for us so that we can go in and sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and do the work that Christ has set up for us to do in heaven. So keep your faith strong today by dwelling long and by dwelling often on the King of Glory and the meaning of the King of Glory to you right now in the world as you go about doing your daily chores and business. But while Jesus was taking his place of divine sovereignty, his disciples was looking intently up into the sky. And two heavenly messengers that needs to bring Christ's disciples back to reality because they are just so caught up in what was happening all around them that uh, that reality escaped them. And it is these two men that needed to bring them back to reality with this question. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? You will return again in the same manner as you see him go into heaven. Remembering the words of Jesus, the two, the, the two men said to, to them, Go and wait until Jerusalem. Go and wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And this is exactly what Jesus said to his disciples. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, just before he was taken away from them. And just before he ascended into heaven. Wait in, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Acts chapter 1 Verse 8. And this was some of the final words and some of the final instructions that Jesus has given to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And so it is not only what we think about Jesus that is important. It is not only um, uh, that important to place Jesus at the very hub of our lives, but it is also important to think about, so what does Jesus Christ really demands of each one of us, you and me and everyone listening to the sermon this morning, what is it that Jesus demands from you personally? I'm going to give you power and authority, Jesus said to his disciples. Jesus said before he left, he said, go into Jerusalem and wait uh, for the Holy Spirit, and you will be my martyrs. And so, um, so it's important. It's important that uh, we think about, but what is it that I need to do for Christ? If I'm the witness for Christ, what is it that I need to do for Christ? Because Jesus said that he is going to give his disciples, he's going to give us his disciples, of, of, of ancient times and as well as us, is given to give us power and authority to represent him in the world. Um, just as I, just as Jesus would represent himself. And so Jesus said to them, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them everything I have commanded you. 
And so what Jesus is actually saying, if we want to be a witness for him, then we need to participate and we need to partake of his supernatural and divine powers. It's not only giving it to us. He wants us, wants us to go, go for him and to go with him so that Jesus can, can express himself through us. And so Jesus said, I, I'm sending you to experience that for yourself. You see, that is what he's saying to his disciples. That is what he's saying to us today. Is that I'm sending you out into the world so that you can experience for yourself, experience how the Holy Spirit can work through you. No one else but you. Because Jesus said, I want you to be my witnesses as you exercise these divine powers that I'm going to give to my family. And you need to exercise this divine power in your ministry. I have a short story to tell you, a narrative, a true narrative to tell you about work of ministry. And so one day I was called out to a couple and they were, and they were just having trouble with falling pregnant, of course. And they said to me that you are a spiritual leader and we want you to pray. We have been to many doctors, medical doctors, and we have tried all sort of things. We can't fall pregnant. And we decided that as a last resort, always as a last resort, I don't know why, always as a last resort, we want to turn to God. And so they said, I just want you to pray for And they said to me, we want you to pray so that... Uh, um, God can intervene in this situation and that we may fall pregnant. And so there I was standing and I thinking to myself, how, uh, what an impossible request, but I know that with God everything is possible. The impossible become possible as well. If we have faith as a mustard seed, Jesus says that. And so there I was standing with a couple and we were praying. And uh, a couple of weeks later, the couple returned to me and said, Rev, we are pregnant. And I just give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Because when we go for God, the impossible becomes possible. And for this couple, the impossible has become possible. Something that the doctor said, that something it will never happen, it happened. And today they have two beautiful young children, um, uh, part about eight and nine years old, of course, and, uh, and we just thank God for that. And so listening to what Jesus said, when Jesus said, wait, in, wait, go back to Jerusalem, wait, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. It says to me that in our own strength, with our best intentions, and even in our own willpower, that we will never be able to witness for Jesus Christ, that we will never be able to represent Jesus Christ as Christ would represent himself. But it is at this point that the wonderful love and understanding of Jesus Christ comes to our aid. When we realize that our own inability, inability of the very human disciples to witness for Christ, on our own, um, that we can't witness for Christ in our own strength, and that we need the Holy Spirit to work in us, and the Holy Spirit to work through us so that we can represent Jesus in the world. It is when we realize that 
that we can, that we cannot go on our own strength, that we can open our lives to Jesus Christ. And when we open our lives to Jesus Christ, we we ask Jesus and we ask Jesus just to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that his gracious, empowering spirit may enter our living and may enter our lives so that Jesus can begin to express himself through our lives. Imagine that if you are able to do that. And, 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 and all Christians are able to do that wherever we go. The beautiful stories that we will be able to share with each other as Jesus begins to express himself through us. So that also when we witness for Christ and when we go for Jesus Christ, it will never be a matter of struggling against the heavy odds. But it will always be a matter of trusting Christ to dwell within the human spirit and allowing his divine nature to be expressed expressed in human form through us as his disciples. And so it is uh, uh, when we want to partake in this in this ministry in, and become a true witness for Jesus Christ or a martyr as our text says to us for Jesus. And we want to partake in this and, and we want to participate in, in, in ministry. We need to realize that we are totally dependent upon Jesus Christ. We can never go on our own strength, best intentions of world power. But as we go for Christ and as Christ fill our lives, uh, the, the divine power that Christ gives us makes the impossible possible when we begin to exercise that power in our ministry. But this is often where we encounter some difficulties and when we are faced with an opportunity to witness for God. Sometimes the opportunity of ministry that God presents to us appears to be so overwhelming. It appears to be even daunting and sometimes we avoid the challenge to witness for Jesus Christ so easily uh, uh, so easy and we admit defeat so easy uh, often even without trying and so we, we we can so easily admit defeat and uh, we cannot and we are unable to persevere um, and 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 times we say we we, we just leave it uh, this is not, I'm unable to rise up to the challenge that God placed before us. But one thing I can tell you today, over the years, uh, uh, much as achieved for Jesus Christ, but if one speak to the majority of people that, had, that has decided to go with Jesus and to go for Jesus and to allow the gracious, empowering spirit just to work through them, Many times they have also felt ill-equipped for the opportunities of witnessing for Christ, that Christ uh, placed before them. But yet, because they know that the empowering Holy Spirit is working through them, they have gone for, they have decided to go for Jesus, to Jesus Christ, and to go for God, because they knew that Christ equips us for the task at hand. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He equips equips us for the task at hand. And this is particularly important in our Christian programmes, in which we frequently find fellow Christians who decline to undertake a task, who decline to undertake an opportunity of ministry on the basis that they are too ill-equipped, or they feel too inadequate, or they feel that it is just too much of a risk, or 
they don't feel the Holy Spirit's movement within them. And what they just say, well, I don't feel powerful enough to do this work. Um, should we feel powerful enough in the end? Is that perhaps the reason why we find that some people use doom and uh, make people to eat grass and all of those kind of things? Because they don't feel powerful enough and they want to feel powerful enough and they, and they do all sorts of things, of course. But it is these things, our feelings of inadequacy that mocks us, the fact that we think that's too much of a risk or do we feel that uh, fearful or we don't have sufficient knowledge about the Bible, we don't feel powerful enough. It is these debilitating factors in our lives that, uh, <clears throat> that has uh, far-reaching consequences for our own spiritual life, our walk with God and, to wit and our witness for God. We are so much poorer when we refuse to go for God. We are so much poorer when we need when we refuse to join forces with God. Um, we are so much poorer, but and we don't realize that Jesus has said, "I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. It is not your work. The work doesn't belong to you in in the first instance. It is God's work. You are doing God's work. So why do you depend on your?" on your own strength, your own willpower. Why do you want to go with your best intentions if God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can do the work with God? There's no reason for us to feel like that, to feel inadequate, to feel ill-equipped, to make that our excuse to go for God and to go with God because it's simply an excuse, nothing more than an excuse. And so, friends, our God does not change in power. He does not change in will and divine purposes. And although he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and although the power that God grants us when we receive the Holy Spirit is for the highest good of all creation, and that God will never change his mind on that, in a most recent situation and opportunity of ministry, I have also failed to go for God. Let me tell you that. There were times in my life that I felt the cold finger of fear and risk upon me and did not listen to God as God spoke to me. And so I was serving in 2014, I was serving on the uh, 2013, 2014, I was serving on the UCC executive. And we were having a meeting in, in Yambane, in Mozambique. And there, the uh, people of the church, was, they, they were just singing and dancing. And they, they were just happy that the, uh, the highest court of the church was meeting amongst them. And uh, the leaders of the church was amongst them in Mozambique. And so uh, we were having supper after the second day of meetings, a round of meetings and discussions and deliberations. And there we were sitting outside on the LAPA because uh, it was just simply too hot. And, uh, as, and we were having the evening meal. And as we were having the evening meal, people were just singing and dancing and chanting and traditional songs and Christian songs. And they were just happy that we were there. So as I was having my meal, and as I look up, I saw a person. I saw a person, and when I saw this young girl, I thought to myself, but something wrong with this young girl. 
And as I thought, something was wrong with her as she walks towards the crowd. She wasn't part of the crowd. She walked towards the crowd. Um, I looked at her. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit prompted me to just leave my plate and leave my seat and to just go towards her, lay my hands upon her head and say to her, Evil Spirit, come out of this girl. And there I was sitting and I was having a conversation with God because I felt a great measure of resistance in me to do this work for God. And I was wrestling with God and I was wrestling in my head with God and I was having this conversation. I said, God, what is it? What if I fail? What what will my colleagues think about me? Do my colleagues even know? Um, how will they respond to this ministry of of setting this uh, young girl free from the evil spirit that arrested her body. And so I was just having all of these conversations in my head with God. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you better get up and you, ne- and you need to go. You need to move. And I was looking at this girl. And as I was having this conversation in my head, she was walking towards the crowd that was singing and chanting and dancing and having a joyful celebration for the leadership amongst them. And then she was moving through the crowd. And I continued to have this conversation in my head with God. I don't move. I refuse to move because fear has taken hold and taken grip of me and uh, failure that I might not do that. This work uh, successfully uh, has taken hold of me. And she was just continue walking and she disappeared into the evening, the night. And there I was sitting. I have failed. I didn't move. I didn't, I, I didn't respond to uh, that which God wanted me to do. Um, so yes, there were times in my own life that I also didn't respond to the work that God wanted me to do. But if we spend time with God in prayer and meditation and open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and His works, we will find that our minds become sensitive and we will be able to recognize uh, God's voices, God speaks to us in, a, in his own wonderful way. And as we will recognize moments of opportunity for ministry and, and, and that we need to go and uh, we, we don't need to be fearful, but we need to act in those moments which God wants us to act. Because God will not present an opportunity for ministry to you or to me and know that we're going to fail. No, this is not the God that we serve. He he presents ministries of opportunity to us so that we can go for him and go with him. And in this way, we spread the gospel message and the good news. And so uh, uh, we also need to, uh, we, we also need to, when we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we also need to recognize the fact that God grants us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can work through us and that the Holy Spirit can work in our lives and that we can develop a beautiful relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so it's not the only, the uh, if you think tonight that or this morning rather, if you think to this morning about the apostles, 
pastors and we see the kind of power that God has granted them and we read about that in the New Testament and we read about the uh, power that God has granted uh, the prophets in the Old Testament, the martyrs and everybody that has just followed Jesus and pushed Jesus at the hub of their lives. It seems to us that Maybe it's only those people in the Bible that that has that God has given and granted that power. If you think like that this morning, then you are most certainly wrong. Because God has given you also power. You that accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, place it at the hub of your life. Remember, I said it's not only about identification with Jesus Christ, it's also what does Jesus expect? from me what is it that jesus want me to do for him and so it's also about that and so we need to go for god and we need to go with god once we have received the holy spirit and once we have been filled with the holy spirit senseless we sit at home and we just read the bible and attend bible studies and no it's much 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 more than that of course so we need to go for god into new and unfamiliar territory, cross boundaries, bring healing, bring hope, restore society. Uh, we need to uh, we need to truly be the mouthpiece of God. Then there need to be a mystical unity between us and God as we go for God and as God uses us as his mouthpiece without fear, favor, and with the knowledge that God is working through us and that Jesus Christ is continually expressing himself through us because we have received the Holy Spirit. And so we cannot just sit and think the power belongs to the people in the Bible. No, it belongs to you, it belongs to me, it belongs to all of us who follow Jesus Christ and has placed him at the hub of our lives. The power of faith is not only oriented to the distant future or life beyond death for each one of us. The power we receive from the Holy Spirit is for the here, it's for the right now, it's for the living, it's for this moment, it's for the present situation. It's not a situation to come. It is this situation, it's for a Kairos moment, this opportunity that God presents us. That is why Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, of course. That is why he has given us the power so that uh, the ability to participate and partake of the supernatural and divine powers that the Spirit release within us and through us, of course. And so it is for our environment now, not for tomorrow, not for the day after tomorrow. It is for this moment in which I find myself and this opportunity of ministry that God presents to me. And so... We need to be ready to walk in our own mission field, into our ministry, into our opportunity to witness for God. We need to walk into it with a confident trust that underneath us are the everlasting arms of God, the undergirding, inspiring and uh, arms of God, and, uh, and that God says to us that you need to become my martyr. You need to become that. So we need to go for God. Don't sit and wait. And wait and wait for who are you waiting in any case? You need to get up and you need to go for God so that God can release his power into the world. And so friends, uh, I want to end off with the story. Uh, I want to conclude with the story that I uh, want to share with you this morning. A young girl that was 16 years old uh, committed suicide and... Uh, uh, 
there's just a, a story around what had happened to her body before she was laid to rest. But I was sleeping one evening and um, this young girl came to visit me. And as she walked into the room, I could smell the sulfur smell. It was just filling up the room and I was in such a deep sleep. It was my sleep was so deep that even in the deep sleep when I when I when I got the smell, it just gave me a headache and I'm just saying to myself, who is with me? Who is in my room at this time? Who smells like that? Where are you? Are you in the right place? And then my thoughts as I woke up, my thoughts went to this girl who has committed suicide. And then I fell off to sleep again because I was just simply too tired to deal with the issue at the time, to deal with the matter at the time. And I was also wondering, so why don't you go and visit your own pastor, man, your own priest, your, your minister, <clears throat> your spiritual leader? Why do you come and visit me? Why can't you go and visit him? And, um, and, 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 and I fell off to sleep. And again, she comes and she just in our room and I could just the the smell was just so overwhelming. And I said to myself, I just simply have the energy I don't have the energy to deal with this right now. And I fell off to sleep again. But the next day this incident was just just going in my mind all the time. I was thinking about it. I was thinking, how will I deal with it? And why didn't I do anything about it at the time? Because surely uh, something is wrong. Maybe she's not even in the wrong, in the right place. And then finally, the next evening, my wife had a dream and she dreams, uh, and not a dream, but she said that she was also in such a deep sleep and she hears this cry, you know, when you are in distress um, and you are in a state of panic and you want help. Uh, she hears this deep cry that she says of, 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 of a girl and, and it just immediately disturbed her. It disturbed her so much that it wake her up because the cry was really a cry from the, 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 the core of your being when you are in real, real trouble, she said. And she thought it was our daughter. And so she got up, she waked me up and she said, our daughter is in trouble. I need to go and see what's happening to our daughter. And then she went to her room and she woke up our daughter. And our daughter says, Mama, I didn't, I didn't call you. And my wife went back to sleep. It happened again. And then I put two and two together. That this girl who has committed suicide is in deep trouble. Very, very deep trouble. And she's not in the place where she wants to be. And she's crying out and she cries out for help. And so I went on my knees and I prayed for her that God will send his angels to rescue her from where she is and to bring her into his presence so that she can sit at his feet and listen to his voice because she knew God. She knew God. She had her walk with God. Um, and she has placed Jesus at the very hub of her life. And she really went and she go, she, she went with God and she decided to go with God and, and for God. And, and she, and it was a real good testimony about her own life. And I just plead with Jesus, with Jesus, just 
lift her out and just go fetch her yourself or just send your holy angels. You don't even have to go fetch her yourself. Just send your holy angels and they will go and rescue her. And that was the end of the story for us because I firmly believe now that we can pray for those that has missed the mark, for those that uh, are not in the presence of God, those that are not in the presence of Jesus because it is uh, Jesus who descended into hell to rescue those uh, that needed to be rescued from hell. Uh, he died and he descended into hell before he was resurrected by our God and now he sits at the mighty hand of God, or the right hand of God, because God's mighty arm has rescued. Uh, it's resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. And if Jesus has done that, then surely if we come before Jesus and we ask Jesus to do that, he will certainly do that for us. Um, because he knows us, he knows us by name. And when we plead earnestly and sincerely and with greatest degree of honesty for a person, this is what Jesus will do for us. He intercedes. And so he sits at the right hand of God. I firmly believe that he has rescued her and she sits at his feet. She listens to his voice. She dwells in his presence. She walks with Jesus and she deals the work that Jesus has set out for her to do in heaven. And so, friends, uh, what I want to say, I want to conclude by saying that at times there's an, the, it, uh, the challenges can call for immense determination to go into a situation and uh, um, where we know there is going to be opposition and hostility. But we need to stand our ground. When we go for God, we need to stand our ground because we know that the Holy Spirit works in us and through us um, and that we need to fearlessly share the gospel with others in all situations, in every circumstance in life um, because God places us in a particular time, grants us particular opportunities so that we can, that we can uh, uh, be good witnesses, that we can witness for Jesus. And so uh, <clears throat> Christ <clears throat> deemed us worthy to fill us with the power and the grace and so it is not only what we think of Christ but it is about what Christ expects from us and demands from us. I want you to, to think about your own ministry and how you witness for God. And are you witnessing for God? Or just, are you just warming the pew? That's all. You just come to church and then you go home. If that is the case, then this sermon is for you today. That you need to rise and that you need to go for God and that you need to go with God. Open your lives. Let Him fill your heart and your soul with the Holy Spirit and allow His divine nature to be once again expressed in the human form through you and none other but you. God be with us as His Spirit is reflected in us and through us. Glory be to God, our Liberator. Glory be to Jesus Christ, who our intercessor, who intercedes for us and sits now at the right hand of God. Glory be to the Holy Spirit, which helps us to express Jesus uh, uh, through us and that the world can meet Jesus when they meet us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, keep the church in the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace and bring the whole created order to worship at your feet. For you are life and you reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, and forever, now and forever, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this prayer. Amen. And now with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.